This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here we go. Welcome back. It's hour number three of the GBAC Nation here on your home of the Cowboys and your World Series champion, Texas Rangers. You should check us out here uh, at 105thefan.com, Twitch, and YouTube if you want to watch it. A special guest is going to join us here in just a second. There's a juicy Cowboys storyline coming up. We'll get to that for you in about five or ten minutes. But uh, this guest is a multi-time G-Bag of the Day champion. Might confront you in a grocery store parking lot one day soon if you violate. And whenever I'm out shopping and I leave my cart without taking it over to the corral, I'm checking my shoulders, I'm looking around at the different vehicles, and I'm looking for this guy to pop out on me. Here's some of his G-Bag of the Day winning work there on, on the socials. You know what? You're a I'm a nice guy. I'm helping out the community, actually. I have one need. Who are, I want your card. Uh, okay, I got one for you. But yeah, so did you have one knee when you walked into the store too, or did I, it, I, did you lose it on the way in? That's me. I'm a nice guy, actually, sir. Okay. Dude, I, I watch your stuff all the time. Thank you, sir, Igor. I work here, and I'm actually doing carts right now. Oh well, you are okay. one of the heroes. How about a sticker? How about that? Yeah, take a picture of you. Yeah, definitely, definitely, Snapchat. definitely. It's Agent Sebastian from Cartnarks. If you don't take your cart back, yes. he's looking for you. And Sebastian joins us now here on 105.3 The Fan. And a good afternoon, sir. How the heck are you? Well, thanks for having me. But I just heard something very disturbing there that you sometimes don't take your cart back and look out for me. I do. Yes. Uh, I, I Well, I'm looking forward. I'm actually leaving it on purpose, hoping you'll be out there, sir. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So it's like a little trap. Well, not necessarily. I mean, I, I don't I don't mean to do any any uh, misdeeds to you or cause you any harm. I, I'm just a huge fan, and I'd love to be on your channel. You know, getting called. Oh, okay, out. okay. Yeah. No, I, I hear that now and then uh, that folks want they do it just as, just for fun. They want to meet, you know, take a selfie, take a sticker, yeah. and that's fine. My only question is, do you then when I if I am not there, do you then return that same shopping cart? Uh, well, no. It's uh, so that brings up my oh. next talking point with you, and I and I, hey, I mean no disrespect. He's so offended. <laughs> I, now, I will have you know, I am a one-time, back in my day, we called it courtesy clerk, you know? So I would sure. not only stock the shelves, but I would also do the cars. I don't know if you've done that job yourself. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and uh, but no, I, I, I wonder because, uh, so I have, I have a 12-year-old and I have now a two-year-old, Sebastian, and I'm, I'm a paranoid, like, hawk of a dad. You know what I'm saying? So it, if what do I do? I'm gonna it, it's cold out. I'm gonna leave my toddler in the back seat and then take my cart 30, 40 yards away. You know, not knowing what kind of predator might be watching me at the time. I was wondering if there are any exceptions to your your cart narking that that you'd give a, a dad or somebody else a pass on. Well, you will note in our videos, we never approach anybody where there are any small children uh, visible to us. Yeah. Uh, just because we know there are folks like, unfortunately, like yourself, 
who apparently lose all rational logic when their children are around, uh, there are several options to solve your dilemma. Okay. Uh, in you. fact, we published a video a month or two ago about Justice said the same thing. Uh, you could park right next to a cart corral cart return. Um, you could walk your cart back with your children in the cart after you load your groceries and then walk your children back to the car. Uh, you could, yes, lock your car with your child strapped in and walk back to the cart return. Those are three good options right there for you. Appreciate the education on that. Uh, Agent Sebastian from Cartonarks here with you, turning the temperature up on me, Chief. Dude, this is this is great, man. And I think the temperature gets turned up on you a little bit. Like, your comment section, like, how many people do you feel like hate watch you? Because right now, like, our text is blowing up with, like, bleep this guy. Stores <laughs> stores pay people to get the damn cards. Oh. If I have to check myself out, then they can get the bleeping cart. What do you respond to oh, that, Cartonark? Yep. Yeah, these are all common, uh, unfortunately, low-level rebuttals to the carton arcs these are people who are just looking for an excuse not to do the right thing yeah. uh, unfortunately number one yes they pay again courtesy clerks i myself was one in high school yes they pay them to pick the carts up from the cart return but when you leave your cart let's take that example in the middle of a spot or halfway out into the driving lane whatever you know any one of the many many options we see that courtesy clerk isn't sitting there over your shoulder right there to grab it so when the next person pulls right into your spot they now have to worry about opening their car door into your cart or moving around your cart or their kid getting out or their grandma or somebody with a wheelchair going through a, uh, you know, an access walkway, which we've seen all the time. So, yeah, there's a lot of folks who will make excuses as opposed to doing the right thing. And I would think people who play organized sports mm. know that the bit, one of the big teachings of that, of that, you know, playing on a team is taking care of yourself and taking care of the team and not leaving it for others to take care of. It's, it's Agent Sebastian, the Cardinal Arc, with us here in the G-Bag Nation. Okay, so in your run-ins, have you ever had one where you do feel like this could get violent? I'm a little bit fearful here. Well, let's talk about Richardson. Uh, you guys know uh, North Dallas there. that There was one where a man popped out of his uh, SUV, and the first thing he said is, I'm going to put six in your forehead, <laughs> uh, meaning bullets, of course. This happened uh, about three years ago. You could... If you search Texas is messy on the Cardinal YouTube channel, it'll pop right up. This guy pops right out, uh, and he's he's hot, obviously. Um, he's throwing stuffs, claiming he's a killer, and he's going to come and shoot our agent in the forehead. Well, it turns out that earlier the previous year, this man appears to have shot somebody, quote, <laughs> in self-defense on a dart train, and uh, for which he was not charged. So apparently he's willing to uh, you know sling some lead. That's kind of his bit. <laughs> lead with aggression. Yeah, that's his go-to. Again, which shows yeah. you a couple, a couple things. Like number one, Texas to me. Yeah, so. yeah. Like, be be calm and reasonable, people. And number two, be responsible gun owners. On top of that. So, are you a Texas guy? Are you from here? No, I, I am not myself. I, I love and respect, of course, the great state. Our agent, Agent Cordell, is the one who patrols Texas. Huh. Uh, I love getting out there as often as I can. But uh, you know, I would think Texas would be better than that. What what neck of the woods have you found over the years is the the most repeat offenders? It's uh, city centers. So you know when you get outside, you know like between Dallas and Austin, for instance, on those like nice long drives, those smaller those smaller areas. I think it's just because people know each other. It's a tighter knit community. There's less anonymity when you get inside the city. You know, inside Dallas, inside Houston, even and Austin's a whole other story for a bunch of different reasons. But you get into those city centers is where people will be are offending more because I think they're just it's more of a uh, no one's going to know. I'm not going to know anybody here. No one's going to call me out. 
What was your goal when you started this? What was the impetus for this uh, this whole movement, uh, Agent Sebastian? Well, it wasn't to have a, a movement. In fact, it was it was really it was very mundane. It was hey, why do people do this? What's what's going? Why can't somebody put their darn cart back where they where the, the sign says please return carts here? They've got a little uh, they've got a little corral set up for you. You know that's where they go, but why don't you do that? So I didn't have the whole cart narcs persona. I didn't have the vests and the you know all those other stuff. I just walked up to folks and asked them, and instantly. All the defensiveness, all the excuses, a, a sample of which we just heard a minute ago, that stuff all poured out of their mouth. So I was like, wow, there's a whole like psychological and thing going on here as opposed to the, just the talking about a shopping cart. Agent Sebastian, could you do anything about the, the carts that are jacked up, the wheels are jacked up? That's my biggest problem. <laughs> I, I think there needs yeah. to be a movement for if we're going to push carts and take them back to the rightful spots, there should be carts that actually the wheels all work. I think that needs. And that's to be, a fair point. I think uh, you that know, needs to be your and, movement right there. Yeah, no, I agree. And and the folks that they'll say to, well, oh, they bring that up. Why are there's this cart so janky? Well, yeah. part of the problem is folks that throw the wheels up in the mulch and on the rocks and in the dirt, and then they say, mm. then they wonder why the wheels are all janky and uh, junky. Well, you either threw your cart up on the curb or in mm -hmm. the little, you know, the median with the trees and stuff in it. So you're part of the problem in that case. But I do, I do understand your plight. How do you select kind of the various stores that maybe you'll post up at and try and watch for for these people that are not putting back their carts? Well, my number one thing is, do they have a reasonable uh, access to return the cart? Are there plenty of cart returns? Are they close to one? You know, uh, is it is it a big lot where that where there's there's really no excuse? So that that's the kind of the idea. I'm, I'm again, I'm in the big cities all over the country and the world, but it's it's about having easy inexcusable access to a cart return and how does america generally fa uh, fare in this department are we above average pretty bad yeah i uh because i've gone to australia uk uh spain oh japan mm. oh it's a it's a pleasure the cart arc would not exist in japan uh everyone backs into spots perfectly they're all returning their carts uh and i get i get a lot of uh texts and messages from around the country saying you know for instance in you know England, for instance, this wouldn't be a problem at all. Like, it's just we wouldn't even consider throwing, our, you know, our, our personal responsibility away to not return our shopping cart. Now, when I when I was a courtesy clerk myself, I didn't mind it. You know, I just kind of looked at it as my job. I don't even know if there were corrals back then, though. I'm, I'm you know, borderline uh, boomer here at this point in my broadcasting career there, uh, Agent Sebastian. But, you know, from my perspective as a courtesy clerk, getting out of the store, cruising around, getting some carts you know, maybe running and jumping onto one as if it was like a, 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 a scooter was kind of fun. Yeah, and you're right. Actually, if you I ask people, Google like shopping center parking lots, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and you're right. A lot of times there weren't even cart returns. You mm -hmm. want to know why? Because either there was a courtesy clerk or like my grandmother tells me, yeah, I just walked my cart back to the front of the store. I wouldn't Ooh, think of leaving it out yeah. in the parking lot. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, either they had the person with them or they just talk, took it back to the front of the store. Uh, but to your second point about it being like a nice break, sure, I've heard that argument too. I've also heard the argument oh, of, hey, man, it's 105 outside. Yeah. I'm not excited about going out there and getting the cart. So, you know, you, can, you can't have it both ways. What uh, sex seems to be the most guilty of not returning their cart, male or female? That's a pretty good uh, question, and it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty much – it's 50-50 probably leading male, though, who don't return them as much. Um, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just 
women or more like they're often there's often a person there. So there's kind of tidying up and cleaning things out and sh- double and triple checking. But it's it's not it doesn't really lean heavy one way or the other sex wise. Do you pretty much know like when you're going on one of these stakeouts, like, do you know, you're going to you're going to get a hit at some point or will you sit all day at a grocery store and just not get anything? It's a lot like fishing. Uh, sometimes it's five minutes in and there's a dude threatening to blow my brains out. And sometimes it's a couple hours and it's just a nice, pleasant day. And Sorry. that's ultimately that's not a bad thing to have happen. You know, I doing this uh, carton arcs for so long. It's it's nice to have that. Uh, that Oh, people are actually decent and nice and courteous sometimes. Are yeah. there certain stores that are more at fault for this? Like we got some texts like Costco is the worst when it comes to returning carts. Costco on a Sunday is a madhouse. It doesn't matter where you are. You know, the, the weekend Costco is bad just because there's a thousand people in and out of there. Uh, Walmarts, just because they're big, tend to be a problem. Um, uh, you know, it's I, I've, I've tried going to a Bucky's because they have those little tiny carts oh, yeah. at the front of the store. Uh, again, love Bucky's. Speaking of Texas, love Bucky's. You guys are starting to export those now to different different states. Um, but yeah, it's the, the bigger, more crowded is typically your bigger problem. Is that a functional uh, bulletproof vest that you're wearing? Yeah, actually, I was donated a, a bulletproof vest by a, a police officer out of Baton Rouge after, right after the the video out of Richardson where the guy, yeah, <laughs> he said, hey, man, uh, I'm about your size. I got an extra of a vest. You want it? Like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> to be fair, that doesn't help your forehead in that situation. It looks like that's where he was aiming, right? He said he was going right for the forehead. Right, right, right. You're, yeah, your face is rarely bulletproof, in, 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 no matter what you're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we can't compromise and put in the landscaping then, huh? No. That's out too? Well, because here's the thing. Let's say you do that. Number one, it, it can. Like I said, you get mulch and other garbage in there. But number two, once one person, and it, and it sticks out, you know, it knocks off, let's say, a foot of that driving area. It's knocked off by the, the butt end of it hanging out. Well, the second person, they'll say, and I've seen this a thousand times, they'll say, oh, he did it. I'm going to do it too. And suddenly you got a daisy chain of three, four carts that eats up a whole lane of traffic. So again, it's we are... Social creatures, monkey see, monkey do. Lead by example, darn it. I've had so many like high school football coaches message me about like putting your cart back, racking your weights, you know, yeah, holding doors open for old ladies. These are things where you lead by example. So you're like an always do the right thing, do the right thing always kind of guy. It's what we've learned here. I am a do the right thing as often as you can. And when you are caught lacking, which we all are, be polite and courteous about correcting it. That's the other thing yeah. about Cardinarks is I try to put different examples now of, yes, the psychos in there, but also the people who are like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry about that. Let me fix it. So I, I'm not the perfection police, but I am the, hey, let's be kind to each other. And when we are corrected, be gracious in accepting that correction. Well, best of luck to you staying safe out there, brother. It is a, a hell of a series. And, uh, and we hope the, uh, everybody in Texas is just a little bit nicer to you and your crew. Thank you all for spreading the word. Uh, and hopefully I hear less excuses in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian. Happy narking, sir. There he goes. The cart narc agent Sebastian with you here on 105 through the fan. A multiple time G-bag of the day champion. Lucius brought him to you for the first time probably four or five years ago. So he's been entertaining our ass off for, for a long time. And it was awesome because the tone of voice, the the quick-witted humor, um, was, uh, it was it was dialed in. And, uh, and yeah, I, 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 sometimes I do leave my carts, take your cart back. You Gavin lazy bones. Yeah. It's, it's extra shameful when you hear that it's, it's not even an issue uh, for other, other countries, but like literally growing up, that was a regular thing you would do. 
you know, you like leave your card in the parking lot and I was a courtesy clerk that would go get them. And I just thought that that's, that's what happened. Like you had the option. You could take it back to the store or if, you know, it was kind of crazy, go ahead and leave it out there and the courtesy clerks would come around there and pick them up and, well, shoot, I, I guess now these grocery stores, they just don't have enough employees. No, they really don't. You know, they're, and quality employees. Their margins are. We're all employees. We just don't get paid there, but we're self checkout. <laughs> Pretty much. We are. Yeah. Self checkout. 100%, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's great. They're passing along the their extra profits to us <laughs> all along. Top 10 at 420 is coming up next. We'll check where you're taking us. Had another chapter in the Mahomes and Allen rivalry, the top 10 playoff rivalries between quarterbacks. That's next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back, Nation. <clears throat> Time now for Woolchuck's Top 10 at 420. This segment is presented by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one's been in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation. That's 214 or 817-333-3333. Go online to truckwreck.com. And here he is, Zach with an H. You're Wooly Bully. Thank you very much, General. We will get to the top 10 quarterback playoff rivalries of all time as Mahomes and Allen have added another chapter into their rivalry. Got a lot of texts coming in 877-881-1053. What do you think is the best playoff quarterback rivalry? Speaking of one quarterback that might end up making one of these top 10, Tom Brady. I guess there was an article that kind of got hidden in an ESPN article that came out uh, last week from Nick Wagner, but it's now kind of starting to make the rounds. It was an article about Brock Purdy, and buried within the story was a little quote about the Niners early in the offseason and Coach Kyle Shanahan sitting down with Purdy and assured him that if he was healthy, he would be the starter unless Tom Brady wanted to play one more season for his hometown 49ers. And we kind of kicked that around last offseason. Like, it would make a lot of sense if Brady didn't retire Maybe the one team that he would play for because it is built to win now. They might be the most talented roster in all of the NFL and its home would be Brady to the 49ers. But we now have it in ESPN saying, yes, that 100% conversation did happen. And I don't think this is a knock on Brock Purdy. I don't know why the hell any team really wouldn't, if you were as locked, as loaded as the 49ers, wouldn't say like, yeah, Tom, you want to come play for us for a year? Let's do this thing. Yeah, it would almost, I mean, it's all interesting to me, but I think it, it would be even more interesting if they were at a place where Brock Purdy wasn't injured at the time. You know, like he was still dealing with the, the elbow situation, yeah. so there was enough question marks to garner, okay, do we need to have somebody legit in here just in case? Uh, because that was a throwing elbow injury for a quarterback that could be extremely difficult to bounce back from so that makes it more palatable I would imagine if you're Brock Purdy but this is a, that's a no-brainer I mean and, and kudos to the Niners for even being willing to you know 
be we, honest. We know, know, dude. We know plenty of teams that would not be willing to do that. Oh no, we got our guy. We're we're not concerned with anything else. You know, Tom Brady's out there. I feel like Tom Brady's got to be kicking himself that he wouldn't be do, like that. He didn't say yes to that. You know. Yeah, I would I, I would jump at that opportunity if I'm uh, I'm Tom Brady. You know, things got weird last year, but after the family kind of fell apart, you're like. You know, I, I'm going to continue this thing, and you could have won it. I, I think he gave up last year, maybe because he was tired or the stress of life just kind of caught up with him, and he could wanted to calm things down. I, I It might have been a situation, too, where he felt like he, he's not good enough anymore. Yeah. You know, after— Cowboys ap- definitely got the best. Yeah, game. after what happened to him in the, you know, the, in the playoffs and stuff, he's like, man, you know, I understand it. I've, I've had a great career. I'm not good enough to go help somebody right now. Yeah. I think that's—I think— he he, I I think Tom Brady knows. I think he's the one guy that, when you know he like everybody's like, yeah, go play Tom. He's like, I can't play like I once did. I think that I think that I think that got him this time. Well, going to the top ten quarterback playoff rivalries, we had a lot of love for Brady and Eli Manning in the Super Bowl. Certainly, that's a good one. I mean, Eli's got the uh, the bragging rights there. Staubach and Bradshaw, yes, that's certainly uh, in the conversation. We got some love, you know. Peyton and Brady as well. I mean, that one certainly. Are you guys still viewing, like, if they were to match up next year, because they're both awesome, and I don't think the way Josh Allen played yesterday, while there were some missed plays, certainly some of them were drops, or he's getting hit, ball just isn't quite as accurate, but is Allen Mahomes, like, up there for you in quarterback rivalries, or is it kind of skewed because Allen hasn't beaten Mahomes yet? The games are always good against those two. They're fantastic, Yeah, aren't they? I think they're great games. Um, yeah. It's not on the level of Brady Manning. Uh, I I won't, won't uh, put it past Josh Allen to get to that level. But yeah, they they need to get some dubs now. The more interesting thing is is Burrow Mahomes. Burrow keeps getting hurt. So Ooh, yes, yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, for my money, it's 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 right up there. Uh, it would obviously feel more like a rivalry if there was some level of back and forth in terms of who actually won. But it's not like Josh Allen doesn't show up in these games. He's holding up his end of the bargain. I mean, one of these games is the the overtime mm-hmm. game from a couple yeah. of years ago. Which I was where hoping it's like, we were going to get last night because that's the reason they changed the rule, right? Right. So I was like, damn it, wouldn't it be awesome if we get a rematch now in Buffalo Divisional Round and they both do get to touch the football? The difference just, is you, you just ahead. can't miss that throw. You know, to me, there's the mo- one to Shakir in the there, end zone. Yeah, there's there's moments that Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and these other guys make that the goats just seem to have the answer. At least Mahomes does. Oh, for sure. No, I mean, it ultimately, that's it, it's it speaks more to the greatness of Pat Mahomes than it does like a knock on Josh Allen. Yeah. Like Josh Allen was dynamite. Di- I mean, as about as good as you can play. He played. Unfortunately, he played Pat Mahomes, which we've never seen anything like this before. I know he doesn't have the Super Bowl 10-year resume yet of a Brady or anything like that, but otherwise, we've never seen anything like this, dude. His QBR, 91.2. Pat Mahomes gave his team a 91.2% chance to win that football game. 50 is average. Josh Allen was fantastic, 66%. Mm-hmm. Gave his team a 66% chance to win that football game. And he's running all over the place. He's doing whatever he can. Uh, but unfortunately, the greatness of Mahomes is... Is otherworldly, man. It really is, and it's and it's over. It's it's outshined how Josh Allen has been legitimately great, pretty much in all of these games. But Mahomes is just that's a that's a Teflon tier one. There is no one that is on his so level. Let me ask you this: He's he's I mean, 186 yards passing. You know, um, is that don't you want more? Don't you want more than checking it down and completing passes and running? 
you know? Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that now. I mean, he I don't hits. think there were chunk plays over 20 yards by Buffalo he missed, at all last night. He missed night. all four yeah. throws of 20, air yards of 20 plus. Right. Well, they were incomplete. I wouldn't say yeah. he missed it. Well, I mean, so he hits to Stephon Diggs yeah, yeah. 60 freaking yards down the field no, in the hands. I'm just saying it wasn't complete. They, sure. were, they were 0 of 4. Yeah. But he was 16 to 16 of passes at or behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of where his game was last night. No, you definitely want more explosiveness out of your passing game for sure, and and there's there's plenty on him for that. I mean, yeah, his average completion went like five yards, so there there are issues there. But um, but I mean, he still was. I mean, the 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 threat running the ball, seventy two yards rushing, yeah, two I mean, touchdowns, rushing success, and that, Brian, you got like they got away from it, but a lot of that was because of Josh Allen. Like t- what he's doing, the touchdown throw he made to Shakir, yeah, at the pylon. Well, and it was a great catch too. But yeah, I mean, I think Josh Allen is still really, really good. Unfortunately, he's going up against like what these dudes in the NBA did in the '90s, where you're going up against Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. and he is going to prevent you from doing all the things you are, you know, in any other era, maybe extremely capable of doing. Mahomes is just on a different planet. Dude. Six seasons starting, six AFC Championship trips. I mean, it's unbelievable what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now. Number ten on the quarterback rivalry list. One at you? Yeah. Is is Drew Brees and Matt Ryan going to be on this list? Brees and Ryan are, they were in the top 10 all-time quarterback rivalries, but they're not for playoff rivalries. Oh, this is playoffs. This I'm is just sorry. specifically this is playoffs. playoffs. Oh, yeah, I don't know my if they bad. actually ever played in the playoffs. I don't think they did. No, I, I'm sorry. I thought but they yes, were all-time they, they, rivalries. They were on okay. the top 10 because I think we did it before the season started of just yeah. general quarterback rivalries. Okay. Like Kelly and Marino uh, got texted in as well, and that that would be in the top 10 overall quarterback rivalries too. But I don't know how many times the Dolphins and Bills faced off in the postseason during their run, so they're not in the top 10. Number 10 is Flacco and Brady, and they say that the honorable mention here was Flacco's three-game playoff rivalry with Big Ben – but his rivalry with Brady gets the nod because of the historical relevance. Flacco's first playoff win came against Brady in 09. In fact, that was the last wild card game Brady and the Patriots would play until 2019, his final game with the Patriots when they lost to Tennessee. Quarterbacks faced each other in back-to-back AFC championship games with both games uh, getting one win over the other. So they were 1-1 one one in those. Brady's Patriots won the first game after Flacco's game-winning touchdown pass was dropped. You remember Lee Evans in the end zone? Mm. That one got ripped away. So that Ooh. was a fun one. Yeah, that was a heartbreaker it was. For, for the Ravens. Number nine, how about this one, Brian? John Elway versus Bernie Kosar. I was gonna, I was, that was one I was going to absolutely mention. I didn't know how... I know that they had a couple of them where the, it went down to the very end where they had the Browns fumbled the ball a couple of times. Yeah, well, the, the drive, drive, the drive, yeah, was Man. one that was yeah. So Elway was three and zero against uh, Bernie Kosar in the playoffs from nineteen eighty six. His first two wins came in two of the most memorable AFC Championship games in history. Down twenty to thirteen, Elway had that ninety eight yard drive, the drive, then including a game tying touchdown pass. I was like nine or ten, and I just liked the dog pound. I didn't have a team. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wanted the Browns to win so bad. Um, and then I'd play with them in Tecmo Bowl and try to recreate it. And, of course, I would kick their ass. Damn. But I mean, Bernie Kosar is a good comp for all these quarterbacks that are trying to have a rivalry with a dude who's just better than them. Yes. Uh, and, 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 man, all those games were close, but Bernie just came up short. Bart Starr versus Dandy Don Meredith. Yes. Comes in at number eight. Meredith's legacy would be vastly different had he and the Cowboys found a way to defeat Bart Starr and the Packers in the 66 and 67 NFL championship games. Cowboys lose both of those in excruciating fashion. Packers went on to win the first two Super Bowls, uh, but that one's certainly very memorable. Number seven, I thought this one would be higher, but this is Terry Bradshaw versus Roger Staubach. Mm. I mean, the Super Bowls that these had, 
Staubach responsible for the only touchdowns allowed by the Steelers' defense during the 75 and 78 seasons. Can you believe that? Yes. In the Super Bowl, he was the only quarterback that was able to score on them through the air. That's insane. Both scores occurred in Super Bowls. uh, Touchdown passes by Roger Staubach. Unfortunately, we know those didn't quite go the Cowboys' way. But I saw this from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 7% of all members of the Hall of Fame took part in that 1979 Super Bowl between the Cowboys and Steelers. Mm. Like, those were two of the best teams ever. That was the uh, Jackie Smith, you must be the sickest man in America. Gotta be the sickest man in America. Yeah. Yeah, the 903 says you are smoking crack rock if you think Mahomes and Allen is anywhere close to the same level as Bradshaw versus Staubach or Brady versus Manning. Different, probably, you know? I mean, and I wasn't alive during Staubach and Bradshaw, but it seemed like those two were no-brainer. Best teams in the NFL. It was tough. Like, the all-time great players in those games. Yep. It was like USC, Texas, you know, just oh, legendary. Yeah. Number six is Mahomes and Allen. They did top um, wow. Bradshaw and, and Staubach on this list, which might just be recency bias, but a little bit. Some of it, I mean, the games have been outstanding between the two of them. You had the 2021 game that we brought up, touched four touchdowns for Gabe Davis. There was four lead changes. The lead changes might have a lot to do with this because, like, I get the football, I'm going to go score. You get the football, you go score. They're just going back and forth, ping-ponging it. But they did end up coming up ahead of Staubach and Bradshaw on this list. And it only takes two games to push you in this conversation. Yeah. There hasn't been a lot of rivalries that have gone long-term. You know what's interesting? You don't look at it this way, but when you, like, Brady versus Manning in the playoffs, they met five times. Manning won three of those. Yeah, the Broncos, they got two of them in Denver. It's kind he of once as a Colt, two twice as a Broncos. You don't. I mean, I just on. The, I don't. I don't think of it that way. If you'd have just asked me yesterday, who's got a better record head to head, like in the playoffs, it, it felt like it always went Brady and Belichick's way there. Yeah, but the, it clearly did not. Favre and Young. Steve Young comes in at number five. We own that one. Yes, you did. Uh, that was one where the Packers certainly had the 49ers number, and ever since then, it, it has not been that way. It has been flipped. Bradshaw versus Ken Stabler. These two Hall of Fame quarterbacks yes. faced each other in the playoffs each year from 72 to 76. Three times the yeah. winner of that game went on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's incredible. What was it? Stabler? Is he the snake? Snake. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was just, I mean, scrambling all over the place. He was, uh, yeah, he was that. That was, the, the, he wasn't really a, a great, well, I shouldn't say it's at Alabama. He was a great athlete, but his mobility was sneaky in the pocket. The way, like one of the great games ever was a game they called the Sea of Hands against the Dolphins in the playoffs, and he's literally rolling out to his left and falling and just pushes the ball. And and, and all of a sudden, it's Dolphins, it's Raiders, it's Clarence Davis catches it, and that's they dubbed the game the Sea of Hands. That's awesome. But, yeah, but he was running to his left and just throwing it out there. Is, he the, is he the first ever known sneaky athlete? You know, like sne- oh, sneaky quick guy? Oh, sneaky like, quick uh-oh. guy. oh Maybe. I see what you're doing there. Top three quarterback <laughs> playoff rivalries. Number three, Eli versus Tom Brady. We know about that. The Manningham catch, the David Tyree catch. Epic games. Crazy. Two is Troy Aikman versus Steve Young. I'm looking back at these old Houston Oilers teams against Pittsburgh. With some of them. Is that Warren like Moon? Dan Pastorini. Oh, Dan. Ah. I, I, I think the Steelers, because there were some legendary games that the, the Bum Phillips was coaching. And, you know, they kicked the door down games. Like, they lost the Steelers a couple of different times. 
That Aikman versus Steve Young rivalry, that, this one's pretty loaded, though. I mean, all the times they played against each other, it was basically the Super Bowl. Cowboys get him in 92 and 93. Steve Young comes back, gets a win in 94. That was fun. Uh, number one, though, is indeed Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And two of the best quarterbacks in NFL history defined a generation. And yes, Peyton Manning went 3-2 and two against Brady-led teams in the playoffs that included a 3-1 and one record in AFC title games. Started... Tom's way and Bill's way, winning the first two, goes back to Indy. They get that crazy win with Joseph Adai running it in, and then Marlon Jackson with the game-winning interception. And when he went over to Denver, really it was the pass rush of Ware and Miller yeah. that, that tortured Brady, but they also did have quite an offense there, at least his first year that he won, the second year. Yeah, yeah go figure. It was tough for Peyton Manning to get it done early on when uh, his defense was Didn't just atrocious yeah. with, with, with the Colts and, you know, um, but yeah, they they end up. Go, I think the Colts went out in the first round, his first three trips into the playoffs. So this narrative built that Brady's skyrocketing and Man, Manning can't do Jack's crap, and he he could never you know really uh, you know get that narrative fully reversed until he went over there to Denver and uh, and played with a more complete football team. Okay, uh, we still have this juicy Cowboy storyline to get to. I think I'm going to move that to five twenty as multiple family members of Cowboys are talking, and it creates. A number of interesting talking points and, and kind of makes you wonder. But coming up next here on your home of the World Series champion Texas Rangers, it's time for a proper round tripper, Wolchuk. What kind of baseball goods do we have today? Yeah, let's talk Justin Foscue. The A's plans and a divisional rival has signed a relief target that I had my eye on. That's next. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lucius. It is the G-Back Nation here on 105.3 The Fan coming up at 5 o'clock in edition of Football's Finest. Hey, your, uh, your guy, Zach Wolchuk, right now is going to take care of you Rangers fans. we got a proper round trip. Here's the Wooly Bully. Yes, you're on your home of the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. We will find out tomorrow night uh, your Hall of Fame class, and it is pretty much uh, a lock that Adrian Beltre is all but certain to be a Hall of Famer Tuesday night. And congratulations to Adrian if and when that happens. We will have Rangers Hot Stove on this week as well, and I think Jared's got a special show planned to celebrate that. Elvis Andrews and some of uh, his former teammates were interviewed in an article for ESPN. Elvis saying in regards to Adrian Beltre, a lot of people were scared of him. But I never understood that because he was the type of person who, if you did things correctly, played hard, and played to win, he was never going to have a problem with you. I never saw him have a problem with anyone who did things right and got to the field to give their heart every day to win. That's the only thing he asked for us from his teammates. And it wasn't that, just he asked for it. It's what he gave us. So whatever he was asking you to do, he was putting it in return. And Elvis also talked about, you know, him rubbing uh, Adrian's head all the time. He was like, yeah, he didn't like it very much because he hates when people touch his head. But like I told him, the only way I like to get hit by somebody is when you hit a home run. So <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it and keep being annoying so you keep hitting home runs. I think that's a fair trade-off. That, that was so funny uh, because Adrian Beltre was notorious for that. And by the time he'd arrived here, he was a stoic old man who kind of had a get off my lawn type of energy about yeah. him when he came to the kids because he was just here to kick ass at about 310, come up with some great uh, plays at third base and, you know, be an icon. Um, but Elvis kept him young and fun and opened it up for the fans to see that part of Beltre's personality here, yeah. which is what endeared him to us even more. Like the two of them in the outfield, there was that time Beltre took off his glove and just threw it like a little leaguer, and they're going back and forth and fighting. I think uh, I think Elvis talked about this story one time where he told uh, Adrian, like, I'm the shortstop. 
I'm I'm the captain over here. If I want to come over and catch one of these pop flies, I'm going to do it. And Adrian said, okay, we'll see at the next at bat. Elvis did it again, and that's why he just got so frustrated he chunked the glove. It's amazing. I mean, him and Elvis did have such a fun relationship yeah. to watch play. It saved was, those years. I thought it was always funny when he act, they both acted like they, they were going to catch the pop yeah. up. They were like they'd stand next to each other and then and then you're like and then one guy'd catch it, you're like, that would just like freak me out if somebody stood next to me and was acting like that they were but these guys, it's just Man, so they so were easy. so much fun. They well, really were. But you talk throwing the glove. I think one time they had a mound visit, and like Elvis like tapped him on the head, and then and he went running oh, he off lost and, he, it. and he threw the glove yeah, at him. He chased like, him. He chased him and threw the glove at him. My my favorite Beltray is when you're getting ready to play the Blue Jays and he's hurt. And you're like, oh, you just lost uh, Beltray for the year, and he was like, nope, I'm in. I'm in this thing. We go hit a home run on one he, knee. Yeah. Oh, dude. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I talked about Wyatt Langford last week and how I, I still think this Rangers offense is going to take an even better step. Last year they were one of the scariest, if not the best offense in the American League for the majority of the season. I think this year with the two youngsters, and Wyatt is a guy that, you know, I was talking with Baskey about this off-air, doesn't seem like they want to, hey, if the DH role is open, they'd rather him be an everyday starter. So we're not just going to put you on the opening day lineup if we don't think you're going to get that playing time in the outfield. It would be we'll play you down at AAA, and if there's an injury or we decide to make a move, maybe like Odie's not playing well, whatever it is, then we'll call you up and you can have your career start. But I did see today player projections for 2024. Wyatt Langford, my gosh, the MLB.com right up on him is awesome. Best rookie hitter in the 2024 projections. It's not Jackson Holiday. It's not Evan Carter. It's a different Ranger who was drafted last year, and it's Wyatt Langford. There's a lot of hype around him. Projections are he could have 16-plus home runs, 10 stolen bases in 97 games. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as a rookie, those would be pretty outstanding numbers. I mean, I think the pop that this guy has, the home run numbers might be even tough to project, just how powerful he is. But a guy that could be the DH then, because that's a, a hole that the Rangers have now with Mitch Garver leaving, Justin Foscue. And Justin Foscue's been doing the Rangers winter caravan, and he was interviewed recently, and he said, last year I felt like I thought I was going to debut and it didn't happen. This year, from the things everybody's been telling me, it seems like I have a shot. It builds that excitement toward the season. I'm definitely excited myself to just debut and be a part of this team. He's the number four prospect in the Rangers organization right now. When it comes to DHing, uh, you know, I, I think that he's a guy that certainly is in that conversation. He said, I love DHing. I'm not going to complain if I have to DH. All you've ever got to worry about is going out and having four or five at bats a night. And that's the best part about who I am as a player. I hit. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, the glove defensively, do they try and try out? Wyatt Langford or Justin Foskey at different spots. But I think if you're looking for, hey, who could be your Rangers starter opening day at DH, it's probably Justin Foskey. It's not Wyatt Langford. Yeah, and he makes a lot of sense. I love his patience. You know, I think Wyatt Langford, the, the, probably the dirty secret is you want to keep him out for a couple of months and then have him debut in the middle of the summer so the it doesn't count stuff. against you for, for control. But, you know, either way, the, the prospects that are coming up for the Rangers – have an opportunity to turn this thing into a dynasty. So it's just it's hard to contain the excitement about the this young club talent right now. that they've got is why yeah. this thing. Like I get the frustration; they're not doing much this offseason, but they have previously. They've spent the big money, but now you've got to look at your pop, your pipeline, the organic growth that you have within your organization. That's what's going to keep these Rangers being around and, and being contenders again. The Angels have signed setup man Robert Stevenson to a three-year contract. Uh, he was the reliever from Tampa Bay. 
that I thought, you know, okay, this dude could come in and be pretty good. It's a three-year, $33 million contract, but he's now off the market. Uh, he introduced his cutter to replace his slider two weeks into his race tenure, and he was fantastic at it. And I thought maybe, okay, the Rangers, that might be a name to look at. They didn't. The big news over the weekend, though, was Anthony Rendon. You guys see this story? Yeah, he didn't want to play baseball. He doesn't like the sport. He didn't like playing baseball. And the Rangers, huh. you know, we were we were all, you know, hoping. And he's played like 50 games. Like he's an injured whole, guy. Always. And yeah. ever since he got that contract, of course, he was huge for the Nationals, getting them to win that World Series and was a free agent. Houston kid. Thought, you know, the Rangers were going to go out and spend. Maybe huh. he was a guy that the Rangers would sign. Rangers dodged a bullet. Uh, Anthony Rendon, via the Jack Vita show, said the MLB season's too long. He goes... <laughs> we got to shorten the season, man. There's too many dang games. 162 games in 185 days or whatever it is. Man, no, we got to shorten this bad boy up. And then the baseball purists are all really attacking Anthony Rendon. Like, there's nobody in Major League Baseball that hates the sport that he plays more than Rendon. So, yeah, I, that's something that's been widely speculated, but he's now just letting it known for the world to see. He, uh, he makes $235,000 per game. Ouchie. And he plays 36.8% of them. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, that is a dodge bullet and a half right there. All righty. Uh, thank you, Wolchuk. A proper round tripper for you here on your Home of the World Series champions. We got three hours down and two to go. Okay. Uh, and when we return, it's time for an edition of Football's Finest. Where are you going with that, Chief? Oh, from football misery to football <laughs> euphoria. We got it all this weekend. Plus, do you buy this report about our team and that coach next here in the nation? Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.